Welcome back to The Lead, a podcast about content marketing by Copyblogger Media. I'm your host, Jared Morris. If you want to get a content marketing education while you shower in the morning or while you're mowing your lawn on Saturday afternoon, this podcast is the way to do it. Last week, Damien and I took a break from our series on the 11 essential ingredients of a blog post to speak with Sonia Simone about our recent decision at Copyblogger to remove blog comments. If you missed that episode, I highly recommend catching up. This week, the series continues. The last two ingredients were seducing your readers through story and maintaining attention via the power of internal cliffhangers. Today, we go into detail about images. Now, you might say an image isn't necessarily essential for a blog post, and technically you're correct, but if your goal is to connect with your audience on an emotional level, the right image can make all the difference. Damien Farnworth joins me now. Damien, how are you? I'm doing well. Thank you, Jared. Damien is here to provide insight on images and a few tips you can use to get better at choosing the right image for your blog post. So Damien, to begin, tell me if you agree with what I'm about to say. An essential component of any winning media strategy is maximizing the medium. So for a podcast, that's going to mean a complete de-emphasis on how something looks and a focus on connecting with an audience through sound. For video, it means a combination, right? Moving images are combined with words, so they both need to be compelling and work together. When it comes to a blog post, it's important to remember that words are not the only weapon that can be wielded in the battle for attention. Because remember, the internet is displayed on powerful screens capable of producing beautiful, pixel-dense imagery, so why not take full advantage of that? So unless you're going full minimalist, you should consider incorporating images into your blog posts, images that complement your words, evoke emotion, that spark the fire of intrigue that leads to the burning embers of attention you're looking to develop from your audience. In other words, a blog post needs an arresting image, one that latches onto a reader and won't let go. Damien, agree, disagree? Uh, I totally agree. I learned this several years ago when I was uh, reading about an interview with uh, Tim Ferriss. Tim Ferriss was interviewing actually Robert Scoble, and Scoble was telling Tim Ferriss how he um, read about 1,000 blogs a day. And of course, you know, reading is an overstatement, but what he was telling Tim was basically that he looked at, you know, he, he scrolled through the blogs on his uh, blog feed and looked at, you know, stopped at those ones that had arresting, uh, had captivating headlines. But more than that, that, though, it was the ones that had the captivating, the arresting image that he stopped at and paid attention to. So with that there sort of lesson, I realized that, you know, we're all fighting for attention. We're all fighting for the attention of people who are basically overloaded. So you know, sharing a, an image that is arresting is huge. And so when we think about what, what we're trying to do, when we say arresting, what we mean is to seize, right? I mean, as in a police officer seized my mother today, right? Took her into custody. And so the second sense is to attract, catch, hold, and fix attention. And uh, synonym, synonyms you might think of when thinking of arresting would be striking, stunning, seductive, isn't that kind of subjective, an eye of the beholder type thing when you talk about arresting images? I mean, how how is the audience supposed to know what type of image will arrest their particular audience? So, yeah, in some sense that is true, right? You might prefer 
to drive a Porsche, right? Well, I'll take the Buick, but both of us would agree they're good looking cars. You know, we like them for different reasons. And you and I are also going to find the same sunset beautiful and the same mountain range beautiful, but for different reasons. Yet there is some objectivity to this. So there is some objectivity to that. And again, like it's an accepted truth that a face that is looking at the reader is going to draw more attention than a face looking elsewhere. But even that is not a perfect example because, like, take those photographs of, of, of abandoned sections of Detroit that circulated the net a few years ago. Do you remember those? Of course. They were harrowing. Yes, right. And so this, this, this large empty libraries filled with rubbish, uh, you know, just huge bu- empty buildings abandoned and trash everywhere. Those were arresting and they created an emotional response. Now I take a different set of photographs from Detroit, photos that show the same degradation, the same emptiness, but this time these photographs are filled with people, the poverty stricken, and they're staring out at you. However, those photographs did not go viral. Why? Well, because it was depressing, right? This is, and this was a point that uh, they were depressing photographs. This point, Brian Holiday in his book, Trust Me, I'm Lying, made this point. He made this exact comparison. He says, in one example, you have these photographs of where there aren't people in there. And so the way we emotionally respond to those is in such a way as like, I love to be here. I'm sort of envious of the photograph photographer who had got to go on this adventure and go into these sort of even their, their old decrepit places. It was sort of interesting. It was, it was neat. It was new. Yet when you have people staring back at you who are obviously in a lot of need and help, um, we feel guilty, you know, that sort of that like strings with our, with our, with our guilt and our conscious and our consciousness sort of suppress that. And so instead of sharing that, you know, if you're going to share something like that on your Facebook, you're going to, you know, <laughs> depress people and Facebook doesn't like it when you do that. Right. So, I mean, so in other words, arresting images will create different emotional responses. Does that, I mean, am I kind of summing up what you're saying correctly to say, does that mean that we want to lean to the positive when we're choosing arresting images for blog posts? Now that's yeah, that's a good question. So, um, and I'll answer that by pointing to a there's a there was a study, a 2012 study published by a team of researchers out of Utah Valley University. And the study was called "They Are Happier and Having Better Lives Than I Am: The Impact of Using Facebook on Perceptions of Others' Lives." And their conclusion was that you get more explicit, implicit cues of people being happy, rich, and successful from a photo than from, say, a status update. Um, and so a photo can so see so so a photo is can be a very powerful way to provoke immediate social comparison and and that can trigger like these feelings of inferi- inferiority right you so you see your friend who is hanging out in Southern California and I'm stuck here in Illinois and I'm going to envy that person right um, so the same sort of impact can be made with an arresting image you can create you know. That that emotion with them, and yeah, it could be positive. It really just kind of depends on what you're trying to uh, accomplish with the copy. So it really kind of brings this question of what kind of emotion are you trying to generate with an image, you know? And which is the same question that you ask when you're about to write copy. What kind of emotion? All right. What 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 is what is the response that I want out of the reader? What kind of emotional response do I want him to have? And let me guess, the emotion that you want to generate from the image should match the copy, right? Yeah, exactly. Um, so, do, you know, do you want people to be angry? Do you want them, you know, angry so, so they can go out, then go out and, um, 
you know, accomplish some sort of social justice cause. You want to be sad, excited. So yeah, your image should match that that emotion. But it's more than just about emotion. Like a good image should also match your personality. It should say something about who you are. And I think this is where we get to the point when we talked about when you mentioned subjectivity. See, see, you and I might write about the same topic, but we are going to choose a different image, something that we find complements our personality. It says something about us, right? So, for example, the images I choose to tend to evoke sort of feelings of cynicism or sarcasm, maybe brooding or biting. Uh, yours, on the other hand, Jared, will probably be different because you're more up, up, upbeat, optimistic guy with a different background and personalities. Neither one is better than the other one, you know, by the way, but... And so it's all really about being genuine to yourself when you're choosing those images. Well, I also think, I mean, you and I have different places where we get our images, too. Um, you know, I remember when I first started with Copyblogger, I would go to iStock a lot because I, I hadn't done a whole lot of, you know, finding images. And I quickly, right. I mean, look, iStock has its place and you can get some stuff there. Um, I quickly got bored with images there and found Flickr to be a place that I didn't realize how many Creative Commons images were there. And and so many of the images now that I find come from Flickr, and it's just a great place. Of course, you want to make sure that you use the advanced search tool to look for only photos and only Creative Commons to help you filter. But for me, I found that to be one of my favorite places to find images. You, I know, have a much more diverse list of sources. So where do you find your images? So uh, some of the places, like Flickr is one of them, um, but I also look on Tumblr or Reddit, sometimes even Google+. Um, there's even a site called Society6 that I like a lot. It allows illustrators and graphic designers to share their to share their uh, graphics. And and then there's um, a website called Quips, Quipsology that shares a lot of stuff that's, you know, things that attract them, and they share that. And I've got a list. In fact, I've got a list on an article called uh, The Guide to Finding Interesting Images for Your Blog Post, The Misfits Guide to Finding Interesting Images for Your Blog Post, and we, we can share that in the show notes. Um, of course, as you mentioned, too, look for images with no restrictions or you know, even just ask for permission. And uh, recently, uh, one of my favorite sources for finding images comes from Dustin Stout, who did a wonderful job of sort of a roundup of sites that offer free images. Um, and a lot of times, these are with out copyright restrictions um and we'll share that link in the show notes too so i, I want to end here with tips and so one tip uh, f- from my perspective is trust your instinct when it comes to images mm-hmm. uh, you know this is something, if you if you're looking for an image and you find one and, and it, it kind of grabs you like this might work you know, I've had that happen. I've put it in the post and I look at it and something just doesn't feel right. I wouldn't be able to explain it. I couldn't articulate it. It just doesn't feel right. Get rid of it. You know, especially if it's your site or if you're, you know, in charge of a site and you know you understand kind of the editorial voice of that site, trust your instinct on it. Um, because I think a lot of times, there's, you know, you're trying to develop a visceral image in the audience with the image. Well, you're going to have one too, choosing it. And so if it doesn't feel right, find another image. You know, there are a couple times where I've gone with an image that didn't feel right and ended up regretting it later. Um, so I think it's very important as you go through that process, trust your gut, trust your instinct. Damien, what is your tip for the audience when it comes to images? Yeah, so one of the things I like to do is like find a photographer or an illustrator I like and, and build a relationship with them. You know, tell them that I love their work and then get permission to use their work. And then, um, you know, I, I, what I mean by that is like, so you, if you find 
you know, a photograph that you love, email and say, hey, do you mind if I, if I use this? Here's, here, here, here's how I'm going to use it. And if you can, share, share a draft of what you're going to use it on so they can get kind of some sense of it. Uh, but then come back to them, you know, occasionally say, hey, I really love your work. You know, what are the chances that we could just, you know, uh, you know, I'd love to keep on doing this if that's okay with you. And keep on going back to sort of that resource. And um, this is a great way to, you know, not only get uh, great images, free images for your site, but also to help, you know, build exposure up for this particular, you know, photographer, illustrator, which, you know, if you find someone who is just starting out or maybe the, maybe if, if your audience is bigger than theirs, then, of, of course, there's an easy um, advantage for them, you know, for going with the relationship. So, but yeah, just, you know, simply building that relationship, finding something that you like and just working with them and, and you know, kind of partner with them and bringing exposure to that person as well. Well, Damien, that's nine ingredients down. We have just two more to go in this series on the 11 essential ingredients of a blog post. And the next one is clothes and style. I'm looking forward to that one. Me too. Thank you, Jared. All right. Take care. We'll talk to you soon, Damien. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Lead. If you were so inclined, we would greatly appreciate a rating or a review on iTunes. Or please, if you're enjoying these episodes, tweet out a link to the show or share it with a friend, whatever is easiest for you. We'll be back next week with yet another episode. It will likely be the 10th installment in our Essential Ingredients of a Blog Post series, but it might, might be another edition of the Hangout Hot Seat. You'll just have to check back on Friday to find out. Talk to you soon, everybody. So I wish I was a slave to an age-old trade. Lord, have mercy on my rough and rough.